0: From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Kahn with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a long career as an employed professional.
1: Oh, I did that, or oh, I felt that. It is nice not to be alone. The community really matters, really matters.
0: Today on episode 112 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with the founder and principal of Mission Advancement Consulting, Julie Erickson. Julie started her own business 15 years ago after being fired from a job and realizing she needed to take another path. She became a resource for others who have been fired, some of whom want another job and some of whom want to become self-employed. If you've experienced job loss or think it may be part of your future, you'll want to hear what Julie has to say about job loss, what many people don't talk about, and what you need to know to move forward from trauma to healing and hope. Stay with us to hear all the details. I believe everyone should have the opportunity to do what they love and get paid what they're worth. On my podcasts, I've interviewed hundreds of successful entrepreneurs, many of whom run consulting or coaching businesses. We've created a free ebook with 49 actionable steps from 49 of our popular episodes to help you smash the plateau in your business and your life. It includes tips to help you with your mindset, relationships, business development and productivity. You can get your copy of 49 tips to smash your plateau at smashingtheplateau.com/tips. That's smashingtheplateau.com/tips. Now let's welcome Julie Erickson. Julie is an executive and career coach who started her own business 15 years ago after being fired from a job and realizing she needed to take another path. She's helped many job seekers start their own businesses when they realized they'd rather be their own boss. Julie ran two nonprofits, has an MBA in leadership and graduated from Smith College. She is co-author of the recent book, Betrayed by Work, Women's Stories of Trauma, Healing, and Hope After Being Fired. Julie, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, David. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, my pleasure. Let's start off by talking about your transition from employee to self-employed 15 years ago. I gather there, there there's some connection there between that and, and your book about yes. stories of trauma, healing and hope after being fired.
1: You got it. There sure is. I actually was fired twice. Once, uh, in a pretty traumatic way, from a job I had held for about 11 years as the executive director of a big New York City nonprofit. And then I went on to be the executive director of another New York City nonprofit, only for about eight months. Uh, The founder, very big name person, and I did not get along. And so I found myself on the outs once again. But that wasn't what pushed me into starting my own business. At the same time, I had some health issues that stopped me from being able to make the commute into the city. literally couldn't walk. So, hmm, what was I going to do? I had lots of mental, you know, brain capacity, but very little physical capacity so i had to figure out what was i going to do with myself and that began a process of exploration for me that exploration well, yeah
0: where to go yeah.
1: well i actually found that i was exploring a few different paths one was i did a bunch of computer and website related things like research and helping do ux kinds of things uh, i didn't really like that Uh, I did some consulting, uh, strategic planning consulting, but I really need to do that in person. And I really couldn't do that physically. I started doing some jewelry sales. And again, physically, I couldn't really do that. And then 2008 happened. Who wants to buy jewelry if you can't pay your mortgage? And I, got involved in a group here in my hometown in New Jersey that was made up of a lot of people who'd lost their jobs. And I started a Monday morning get going meeting and at my home. And I found that I was like helping people, coaching them around their job search, their resumes. And I thought, gee, I like this. Maybe I should think about doing coaching, career coaching. And I put out one little tiny ad on that group's website. That ad got forwarded to somebody in Brooklyn who contacted me. I said, free, you know, career coaching. And she contacted me. And that was what started it all for me. She was the first of what are now, it's got to be a few thousand people.
0: Wow. Wow. Interesting how opportunities emerge that are often somewhat unexpected.
1: I think what happened is I learned to pay attention to both what I liked, what, you know, made use of my skills and my talents, but also where I was getting energy back, what was feeding me. So it was a combination of the physical capacity I had limiting me. So there were real boundaries around what I could do and what I couldn't do. But then there was also, where was I getting appreciated? You know, after you get fired, it's devastating. I wasn't clearly being appreciated. (laughs) So to have people appreciate me and say, wow, thank you so much. I loved that. I needed that. So that was where I went. I went where it was, quote unquote, warm, you know, where I was getting the love.
0: Which, you know, it makes sense. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about about the trauma. Of a being fired yourself and b what you see with other people because you've you've now written a book about it
1: yeah you know our culture is very much organized around work we used to go to parties and the first question at parties was always what do you do it's not about what kind of home life do you have what you want your children no it's what do you do right so and what do you do
0: means what you get paid to do? How you make your living?
1: Precisely. Not about what hobbies do you have. You might get to that in the conversation, but the opening is always, what is your work identity? Working meaning, what do you get paid for? So getting fired, so many things get wiped out. Your work identity gets wiped out. Your work community, those people you spend more time with than most people, you may even spend more time with them Than with your children, if you have children, with your spouse, certainly more than with your friends. It's your family. It's your community. You may not even like them, but you rubbed along with them somehow. So that's gone. And most of them won't ever talk to you again. I don't know, you become some kind of pariah. You also lose a sense of purpose there was a reason to get up in the morning at very least for me i was doing nonprofit work so i literally had a purpose of helping to you know end poverty or you know make the uh, new york city a greener and healthier place so that purpose of contributing to the greater good gone the other things that you lose are a sense of efficacy in the world? If I'm not working, then what am I doing? Then what good am I? What use am I, I suppose, is the real thing. Those are the kinds of things that I have heard from so many of my clients who have been fired. And that was one of the reasons that my co-author and I wanted to write this book. When I was fired, I went to the library. I'm a researcher. I wanted to find out So what do other people do when they get fired? You want to know what I found? I found books by people. This was the best thing that ever happened to me. Well, Mike Bloomberg got a $10 million payout when he was fired. If I got a $10 million payout, that would be the best thing that had ever happened to me too. There was nothing, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) There was nothing relatable at all. And so I had to sort of, work my way through it. With help, I had a coach that I worked with a little bit, but mostly I had friends. I also read an amazing book by a guy named William Bridges, who is long gone now, but he wrote a book called Transitions. And it's a brilliant book. He wrote it 35 years ago. And it really was the most compassionate book about life transitions, and to be nice to yourself. And he created a framework, an emotional framework, to understand what was happening, that I was ending something before I could start something new, and that there was the neutral zone, that place that I call that dark hallway, you know, They say when one door closes, another one opens, but they never tell you about the dark hallway in between where you have no lights, you have no idea where you're going, and you're feeling your way along, and you're sort of like, ah, what do I do? So it's one foot in front of the other is really the recovery process. And my co-author and I wanted this book to help people through that, to say, yeah, how you're feeling, normal, really normal, feeling traumatized. You have been because you've lost everything and you haven't. That's the hope part.
0: So what should one do when one experiences job loss and that immediate trauma and the loss?
1: Feel your feelings. Number one, it's okay not to immediately take action. You get to wallow for a little while. Actually, I have a client who her last day was Friday. And I talked to her on Tuesday. And she said, yesterday was a really hard day. She Everything that I named, she said, I felt all of those things. And I said, yes, that's right, all of those feelings. And she said, now I'm in action. And I reminded her that she's now in a grieving process because that's what we what happens when we lose our jobs. Even if we leave voluntarily, we still will grieve because there is loss involved. But especially when we don't leave voluntarily, we will grieve. And so knowing that there will be a cycle of feelings and there will be anger and anger is fine. It's good. Go where it's warm. Go to people who will say, wow, I'm so sorry. That sounds awful. We have a section in the book of stupid things people say and what we wish they wouldn't say. People mean well, but when they say things like, suck it up, buttercup, we've actually heard that one. Like, what? Come on. You obviously haven't had that happen to you. Or you'll find another job. Something better will come along. That actually is true. And I don't need to hear it right away. Because I don't have that faith right away. That builds over time. And that builds because you can eventually start to take inventory of what are your skills? What do you like to do? What strengths are you going to bring with you to your next gig? Whatever that gig is going to be. Did I say enough? Do you want me to say more? I have so much to say. (laughs) Yeah, I know we can
0: go on for a long time. How long is this dark tunnel typically in terms of time?
1: It really varies for different people. I would say that there's a combination of dark tunnel and action before landing where you want to be. That's anywhere, I want to say about six months to a year. I don't want to make it sound like it's all dark tunnel, because it's not, because people do get into action. The real tough part is probably about two to four weeks, really, really tough part, because it's crushing, really is crushing. It's very hard to go it alone. The women in our book, we have stories from 25 women, and the women in our book who did the best were the ones who had a therapist or a career coach or a pack of friends who were there to listen first, first listen, then to help with the rebuild process. Because remember, you've been destroyed in Some very fundamental ways. So there's a rebuilding process that has to happen. The ones who didn't have that, it took a lot longer for them to rebuild. They did rebuild, but they were carrying the hurt a lot longer.
0: What about support by family?
1: That's an interesting thing. Some family members have been really supportive and were really supportive. Family is interesting in the sense that they have a vested interest in you being okay, usually and this has been true of my entire practice, that family is not really great in terms of helping someone in their job search because they just want you to get a job and be okay.
0: And they're scared too. They're
1: scared, exactly. You know, they don't want you to be out of work, maybe financial issues or emotional. They hate seeing you in pain. So they can be helpful in like sort of leaving you alone in a way and not criticizing your job search.
0: Julie, I noticed that your stories focus on women. Is there a particular reason?
1: The main reason we focused on women were that Susanna and I are women.
0: That's a good reason. So,
1: you know, uh, and we talked to other women and women talked to us. There also was an interesting Thing that I observed, and my own coach, who's a woman, also talked to me about it. it. The men that I have coached who have lost their jobs, they were very grateful that I would talk to them about my having lost my job. They didn't want to go in, me to go into a lot of detail, nor did they want to go into a lot of detail either. They were more like, "Yeah, it really sucks." They loved that I said, "Yeah, it really sucks," and then they wanted to move on into action. So to get to the emotionally nuanced process, women were going to be better storytellers.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we felt that those stories could help men get to their emotional stories, perhaps.
0: I agree with you. I have found that in my discussions, whether it's in my in my own business working with clients or in conversations on my podcasts or offline that women tend to be more forthcoming about the emotional fallout of job loss and they tend to be more forthcoming about the stories around around their own emotions as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really been our experience as well. And the men who have read the book have been very happy to read all the stories. They really have learned a lot. So dual purpose. Yeah,
0: and I think the stories are really important to share because um, you're right, we can't do this alone. We shouldn't do this alone. One of the comments I hear quite frequently from listeners is it's nice to know that I'm not alone and it's really reassuring to hear these stories.
1: Yes. Yeah. When I was listening to some of the podcasts, I was like, oh, I did that. Or, oh, I felt that. It is nice not to be alone. The community really matters. Really matters.
0: Very much so. One question I have is, while you're in this this tunnel of, you know, whether it's six months or 12 months, or even if it's two weeks, what, whatever the time period is, since we're in a culture that is so focused on Uh, connecting our self-identity to what we get paid to do, what do you advise people to, to say in response to, what do you do when you're in that tunnel space? Or what do you advise people to put on their LinkedIn profile when they're in that tunnel space and they really don't know yet what they're going to be promoting?
1: Well, two different answers. To people that they know well, they can say, I am in the process of figuring out what I want to do next. They can say that to people they don't know well. And they can say, I'm in the process of figuring out what I want to do next. May I come back to you when I have a better sense? Because I would love to get your advice and guidance on my job search. And those words, advice and guidance, have proven to be golden. Because you're not asking for a job, but you are flattering. You are telling them. You are very smart and you are very connected. So advice and guidance. On LinkedIn, what I do with my clients is I have them uh, say that they're a consultant. They put up a shingle on LinkedIn. And basically what they're doing is they're advising companies on what they did before, before they figure out what they want to do next. And most of them can find a friend, a neighbor, a family member, somebody, some organization who will accept pro bono services of some kind doing what they did before. And so they're telling the truth. They are advising. They don't have to do an LLC or anything. There are many sole practitioners who are consultants who don't have companies. So because, or they don't have to put anything on LinkedIn. They just have their previous job. I strongly urge people not to put the searching for work thing on their LinkedIn. It just reeks of desperation and it doesn't work.
0: Good to hear. For those that want to be self-employed as their next step following a job loss, are there any particular strategies that you find especially helpful that may be different than trying to get hired in another employed position?
1: There are differences in emphasis, I should say. When I work with people, I focus on marketing them. I think of them as a product, quote unquote, as someone who has what I call a core value proposition, which is composed of skills they love to use and want to use again, because we all know there are things we're really good at, but don't, please don't make me do it again. Having an impact that's meaningful to them and working in a way that's resonant with their personality, their values, and their work style. So this is something that I've been doing now for 15 years. So whether you're you up in your own shop or you look for a job, you should be aiming to use your core value proposition. So the difference in emphasis is when you're looking for a job, you will probably be able to ask for more of that simply because an employer can offer more of that in some ways, whereas when you open your own shop, at least what I found, is that I had to take some clients who were not necessarily my ideal clients at first because I had to build up a base and I had to build up an experience base. Now I'm working only with people that I really want to work with. I did have a persona. I did have the people that I really wanted to work with. But I I wasn't there yet. I didn't have the credibility yet. I didn't have the experience, the track record. I didn't have the, I guess, the referral base, shall we say, to get who I wanted. So I had to start from a lower base, shall we say. I could command more money in a job than I could initially as a consultant. So, there's you know, there's different trade-offs you have to make
0: right now that makes sense julie we've we've covered a lot of territory already before we end our discussion. is there something I haven't asked you that you think is really critical or or very important for somebody who's who's going solo to know?
1: One of the things that I've found with my clients and also sort of with me, but mostly with my clients, is it's very helpful if you can get what's called an anchor client, a client who will pay you for at least 50% of your time because that's a client that can sustain you when you're looking for other clients. And it's really nice to have that kind of client. So that could be from an old employer, that could be from someone that you've just met, could be, you know, referral from an old colleague or something like that. Just I've found anchored clients really valuable.
0: Right. And can provide some some stability, especially at the initial stages. Exactly. That that's great. Exactly. Julie, if somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed or access any resources you have or get in touch with you, where would be the best place for them to go?
1: You can go to my website, which is myrightfitjob.com, all one word spelled exactly as it sounds. And you can reach me at julie at myrightfitjob.com.
0: Sounds great. Well, Julie, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and share your insights. My guest has been the founder and principal of Mission Advancement Consulting, Julie Erickson. Thank you again, Julie, for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me, David.
0: Pleasure. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we learned how to move from trauma to healing and hope after a job loss and much more. I believe everyone should have the opportunity to do what they love and get paid what they're worth. On my podcast, I've interviewed hundreds of successful entrepreneurs many of whom run consulting or coaching businesses. We've created a free ebook with 49 actionable steps from 49 of our popular episodes to help you smash the plateau in your business and your life. It includes tips to help you with your mindset, relationships, business development, and productivity. You can get your copy of 49 Tips to Smash Your Plateau at smashingtheplateau.com tips that's smashingtheplateau.com slash tips. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.